Welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host, and co-hosting with me is Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church, Patty Perucci, our freelance writer at Christian Action Network, David Carroll in Ohio. He's an attorney and the chairman of the board of Christian Action Network, which is sponsoring this program. And producing the show is Michael Moyer. Welcome one and welcome all. So today, we're going to talk about Elon Musk and his fight with the advertisers. So Elon Musk, earlier last week, I suppose, on November 11th, he had an all-hands-on meeting with his employees, raising the possibility that Twitter may go bankrupt. Sad, huh? So they are $13 billion in debt, and he told his employees that difficult times are ahead. Kind of frightening stuff if you work there, but then again, you had to survive the initial cuts from Elon Musk, which he has already axed over 3,700 workers. That's half of his staff. He has fired all of his senior executives. Yay. And, you know, really sad for these employees. They have to go to work. I mean, <laughs> really, the office work in order to keep their job. It's horrible. Yeah, what a what a uh, concept, right? Yeah, and then I read today that uh, the employees are now upset that Elon Musk is going to starve them by getting rid of the free lunches Twitter provides. What? Yes. They got free lunches? That I re- sounds you know, awesome. It was kind of astounding, but the article says Twitter pays like $14 million a year to provide its staffers with free lunches. And apparently, even though these people were working at home and not in the office, they still had to make the lunch for them. And they would deliver the lunch to them? No, they didn't deliver the lunch. (laughs) That's That's a great deal. But they still made it. And... um, some other Twitter employee came out and said, oh, all this is, you know, bull crap. You know, it only costs $25 to make us lunch. I said, only $25? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so apparently Elon's not going to feed them their free lunch, and they're all going to starve to death if they're not fired first, or the whole corporation doesn't go bankrupt. So lots of stuff going on over there in the Twitter headquarters. Yeah, so one of the other things that uh, Twitter is now facing is that uh, advertisers have decided to put their advertising slots on pause while they await for something. We're not sure what they're waiting for, but they have decided that for now, they're not going to be advertising on Twitter. And now that's going to cause even a huger debt for Twitter. Well, I know what they're waiting for. They're waiting for Elon to bend the knee to them. (laughs) That's what they're waiting for. Is it that, or are they waiting for a free lunch themselves? That's a good point. (laughs) That's right. You got $14 million. You could, uh, you know, give us some free lunch. We may pass some advertising revenue along your way. So Elon Musk says, Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers even though nothing has changed with content moderation, and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Does anybody believe you could ever do anything to appease the activists? No. I mean, not unless you uh, give up control of your company and basically pay them for not doing work, let them sit at home and give them free food. Yeah, Yeah, so essentially you go woke. If you go woke, you can appease them. But if not, if you take a stance, if you want freedom of speech, you're never going to appease them. But has has he really taken a stand? If he hasn't really changed anything, if there still is content moderation, and I'm hearing that, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm hearing that there is still a type of censorship on it. There's certain topics that you know Musk or maybe his people are, are um, moderating, like talking about uh, the COVID response. So if you are still moderating what the truth is, you're still censoring. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, but in a sense, I think the stand has been him acquiring Twitter because you've seen so many liberals have an exodus from Twitter. So just just him acquiring it alone has, That's has, all it took. has rubbed people but the he, wrong he way. He hasn't yeah. made that many changes yet except to try to monetize everything. Well, the, I think him not changing that many policies was to... Uh, I mean, if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on Sam that he's he's not changing those policies to keep the advertisers, but that didn't work. 
I mean, he he kept it all the same and lost all the support and advertisement money from all these liberals. Well, he says this is extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment. He's only been in charge for, well, 30 days at the time that we're doing this uh, podcast. And, you know, it's a big operation over there. He's one man trying to move a mountain toward, you know, free speech, which was not for free speech previously. So it may take some while, you know, some time. So we'll give him some more time to make these changes that Patty's alluding to. So the groups behind the boycott include Media Matters for America, the NAACP, the National Center for Transgender Equality, and the Union of Concerned Scientists. <laughs> you know, that, that's the weirdest one on the list. Yeah. And those who, that are already pausing their advertising on Twitter are Chiptoli, Mexican Grill, Pfizer, Volkswagen, Audi, the Mandela's International, General Mills, GM, and Ford. Sounds like a bunch of companies that shouldn't get any money from Americans anymore. I mean, for real, they're just, they are taking their stand against free speech because A, nothing's changed, and B, the only thing that uh, Musk said would change when he took control of the company would be that free speech would be a priority to say. Not that you would be able to get on there and be a racist or post kitty porn or something like that. It was just to solidify free speech. And they saw that message and decided, no, I'm not going to support this. What does that say about these companies? I mean, they shouldn't get a dollar from me. Well, have any of y'all ever heard of the big four ad agencies? I, I only came across it doing my research on this. But anyway, there's supposed to be big four ad agencies out there. And two of those ad agencies, Group M and Interpublic Group, are the ones that are now warning their clients to pause their advertisements on Twitter. And Interpublic Group wrote their clients and said, the current situation is unpredictable and chaotic, and bad actors and unsafe behaviors thrive in such an environment. You know, I think that's interesting because, you know, the Ayatollah by Rand, you know, they've been posting on Twitter for quite some time now. And, uh, you know, why isn't he considered a bad actor when they were putting their ads on Twitter? I don't know. A bunch of hypocrites. They're all hypocrites, you know. And that's the only thing I conclude. Group M, which is the, one of the other of the big four, has companies like Google, uh, Bayer, Nestle's, Unilever, Coke, and Mars. So this could be a pretty serious hit if all of them decide to, you know, pause their advertisements on Twitter, and I guess it could possibly bring it into bankruptcy. Well, it sounds to me like they're throwing their weight around. They get what they want. If, if you don't do what they want you to do, then you're going to be out of business. But do you think they really want to bring Twitter down? I mean, Twitter is pretty important to these, to these people. They want to bring There's it down. There's nothing else for them. They want to bring it down because it's not in their control anymore. Exactly. That's what the problem is. It's not that Twitter is what Twitter is. It's that they don't control the narrative they don't they're not in control the fact checks no more they don't get to silence the people that they want to silence when it's not in their hands they want it to to be destroyed in other words if we can't play with it you can't play with it either right yeah and it's not just twitter right it's the school system if they can't have the school system they want to destroy it they want to infiltrate it goes with anything mm -hmm. same thing with you know we see with the government i mean they want to totally demolish society and information systems and social media is a huge way to go about that so yeah i agree with michael it's all about the control it's all about the power and uh and they don't like with elon being at the helm now over there at twitter so musk has warned advertisers of a thermonuclear war if they cave in to the far left boycott demands. Oh, that sounded pretty serious, doesn't it? That sounds like another boycott just coming. He's, <laughs> he's going to use nuclear weapons against us. All right, so what could this thermonuclear war actually mean? And some are speculating that uh, he will 
bring, I guess you'd have to bring a federal lawsuit against these advertising agencies for violating the antitrust laws that uh, is part of the Federal Trade Commission. So here's what the Federal Trade Commission says. So what the thinking is, is if more than one company get together and agree that they're going to boycott another business, that is a violation of antitrust laws. And it does appear that some of these corporations are getting together and unifying in agreement to boycott Twitter. So the FTC says this, any company may, on its own, refuse to do business with another firm, but an agreement among competitors not to do business with a targeted individual or business may be an illegal boycott, especially if the group of competitors working together has market power. So, you know, it does seem like, uh, you know, there is some teeth behind this law, how difficult it would be to prove that these groups are working together. I don't know. You know, I, I guess if you do depositions and you do, you know, uh, I guess, find out what they've been saying to each other in emails and the like, you might be able to prove that they are conspiring with one another to shut down Twitter. And uh, But look, that's got to throw a little bit of fear into these advertisers, right? You know. Uh, however, I'm sure what they're going to say is, is that, well, we're not colluding with each other. We're just listening to the big four advertising agencies that are out there that are telling us not to do business with Twitter because it's has it's a dangerous environment. But so doesn't it sound like that one of those big four, if it, even if it was just one of them that had multiple companies under its umbrella, if they suggested to stop advertising, then that would be that collusion? Well, I don't know. And, David, I sent you this uh, a couple of days ago. I didn't know if you had time to think about it or look at it or develop an opinion on it. But as an attorney, uh, what what do you see here? What's your opinion? It, it looks to me like an illegal boycott. Uh, it, but it's, it's, it's complicated in terms of enforcing it. Uh, the Department of Justice does the enforcement on behalf of the government, not the Federal Trade Commission. It's, there's some relationship between the antitrust laws and what the Federal Trade Commission does, but it's, it's in the uh, Department of Justice's jurisdiction. But there could also be a, a, a private civil suit. Elon Musk, Twitter could bring a, a civil suit uh, against these advertisers uh, or these 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 big four ad companies for conspiring to to conduct an illegal boycott. I could see that. I could see Elon Musk wanting to do that. That could be very interesting if he does. Uh, as you say, Martin, it's all about what's in the documents and what they would find out, depositions and, and discovery. But uh, that, that could be very interesting. But as I say, to me, it does look like an illegal boycott. Do you think that, you know, maybe these big corporations have sort of a workaround the antitrust law by saying, well, we're just listening to these ad agencies. We're not really conspiring with another business on our behalf. But it seems to me that that is sort of a sneaky way, if that's how they will get by with it, to be able to say, well, you know, the ad agency, which controls all of these huge corporations out there, is recommending we pause or boycott this business. And somehow now it's not business uh, working together with another business. It's these businesses just listening to the ad agencies. It, it sounds like a, a, a sneaky little way to get around the antitrust law to me. Well, it looks to me like the primary defendants would be the ad agencies, along with their clients. I mean, if the clients are are doing what the ad agencies say, then they're conspiring with the ad agency to conduct the illegal boycott. There's no, it's no, no excuse, it's no justification just saying, well, our ad agency recommended we not do it. Uh, it just, it's still an illegal boycott. But I think the ad agencies are probably the primary defendants. Right, and it seems to me like the ad agency would be under the you know, the, the microscope even more than anything else, considering that they are the ones that are, I guess, making recommendations to uh, multiple companies. So 
for them to call on something like a boycott would be them to do something outside of, I guess, their purview, something that they wouldn't uh, really be, should never be interested in. Well, I think that's why the ad agency chose the word pause the ads on Twitter rather than say boycott putting ads on Twitter. It's, uh, again, I think legalese cuteness here to get around using the actual word boycott, but we'll call it, it's a pausing of it, which <laughs> tantamounts to the same thing. You're boycotting Twitter, and you're conspiring with other ad agencies as well and other corporations as well, well to see, do an illegal boycott. It seems to me as though if, we, if anything is going to get done on this subject, it will have to come from Elon Musk and not the government because we've already seen that the you know, Biden administration thinks that uh, Twitter should be investigated for having a Saudi backer, which I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, Twitter had a Saudi backer when it was a public company. You know, right. I mean, they had a huge investment from well, Saudis. I think Fox News has a Saudi backer. <laughs> yeah. so, you yeah. know, <laughs> it is hard to imagine the Justice Department, you know, going after these advertisers on behalf of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good point. But I'm kind of curious about this. Doesn't this pausing or boycotting of Twitter, Twitter also hurt these companies? I mean, they weren't advertising on Twitter out of the kindness of their heart that they wanted to give money to Twitter. They advertised on Twitter because it was making them money. So, and in your selection of where to place these ads, at some point the ad agency was saying, this will generate more income for us if we put this ad on Twitter than in other venues out there. So if they decide not to advertise on Twitter, they're also cutting their nose off despite their face. They're going to be losing money. I, I don't know how they could explain it any other way than that. I don't know. In my view, I think what they're doing is they're putting on a show to say that we aren't going to advertise on Twitter is them making some kind of show that they are too good for Twitter or that they won't support this kind of stuff. It's almost like an advertisement in itself. We don't stand for the things that Twitter stands for. So come buy a GM car or a Ford car or whoever else is boycotting them. It's not as though that they think that they're losing advertisement because they are getting press out off of it, and they're just picking a side. And we know also, guys, uh, you know, a lot of these, the majority of a lot of these companies who are woke, they put politics over revenue. Yeah, they so, do. Yeah. And, you know, we know the saying, go woke, go broke, mm -hmm. right? So for them, it, it's all about their principle, their beliefs, with really not thinking about their shareholders and the money that's coming in. Well, look at Disney. I mean, they've lost billions of dollars over that Florida, you know, Parent Parental Rights and Education Act coming out and opposing that. And they lost billions. I mean, their stock has really tanked since and, they started and they that. they dug their heels in on that, too. Yeah, so they don't care, I guess. You know, it must be nice to have so much money that you can take a stand that costs you not just millions, but billions of dollars to be able to take that stand and feel like, oh, everything's fine. You know, we'll survive it. I don't know if they'll survive it. I, I'm reading about all these big corporations that are, you know, laying off people, facing potential bankruptcy. Even HBO came out today and said that they're losing billions of dollars. And HBO, you know, Twitter not only laid off staff, but Facebook had to lay off thousands of employees. And it just goes on and on. So a lot of people are saying, oh, well, that's just because of inflation and, you know, skyrocketing costs and COVID's over and people aren't paying as much attention to these programs and whatever anymore. But look, Ford's stock is way down. You know, what? so, you know, what is really causing this? Well, if these companies... If these companies really don't know what they want to be, I don't think Twitter knows either. I, I don't think Musk has decided if he wants to be um, another marketplace like Amazon or if he really wants to be a free speech marketplace. I, I think it's up in the air right now. That's why I think it, he's having so many issues. Well, one thing that I did here, reading through the, between the lines here, is that Elon Musk needs money to keep Twitter going, yep. right? I mean, that was yeah. pretty clear. He needs money to keep it going or he's going to go bankrupt. And, you know, the thought occurred to me that 
there's probably enough Elon Musk supporters out there that if they started a GoFundMe page, they could probably make up for that, a lot of that lost revenue. But then it also occurred to me that Twitter has its own GoFundMe page built into the system. So if you're on Twitter, you can promote your tweet, give Twitter some money, get your tweet out there more than what it is right now, and do it basically as a generous gift to Elon Musk to help him not go into bankruptcy. So Michael and I tried that out today. <laughs> we thought we're going to help Elon Musk with his debt. So I went over and I took our latest shout out Patriots episode that's on Twitter and it said I can promote it. I thought, great. So my option was I could spend $250, $500 or way more than that. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go with $250. So I said, yes, promote our shout out Patriots. And it said, great. Your ad is in review. <laughs> yeah, of that, course. <laughs> and that seems a rather generous uh, gift to them anyways. But. Yeah. 15 minutes later, it came back. Your shout out Patriots program violates our community standards. There you go. Whoa. And they knocked it down. Wow. Nope. I mean, I'm like, what about this program violates their community standards? I have no idea. And they don't tell you. Sounds like I'm, the same old Twitter. Did they I, refund yeah, hoping, your money, Marty? Yeah, they refund <laughs> <Okay>. the money. <laughs> But uh, probably about a month ago, when I was talking about how Stephen Colbert called Jesus Christ a cuck, I went and I tried to promote that on Twitter. And that was about a month ago or so. And that was before Elon Musk officially took over. So I wasn't surprised at that point right. they turned down my ad for violating community standards. Again, I have no idea what standards I violated. But I thought, well, you know, Trump's been there for a month now. They need money. Musk. We are hearing it all over the news. They need money. They're billions of dollars in debt and going even down from that. Advertisers are leaving them. The poor guy out there is willing to help us with some money of his hard-earned cash for this organization. Sure, we'll take it. But no, they reject it. So mm -hmm. hopefully all that's going to change You know, as we move mm -hmm. down the line. I'm going to keep trying it and see at what point I no longer violate their community standards. And I wonder what, I want to experiment. I just want to put up, you know, just shout out Patriots and nothing else. Let's just see if that, if those words are what violates community standards. Because I guarantee you, the podcast that I was promoting is about an hour long. Within 15 minutes, uh. they came back and said it violated community standards. So I know they didn't listen to it. Right. You know, by the time they got it, put it on somebody's desk to review, and then took a listen to it, there's no way they could have listened to anything in that podcast that quickly to have said it's a violation of our community Maybe standards. it was the word patriot. Maybe that That's what triggered I'm thinking. them. But what happened to a free speech platform, right? But maybe, Marty, right. maybe what happened was when you did your advertisement, when you attempted to advertise a month ago, maybe, shout out Patriots, your account was already flagged, and maybe with Elon at the helm now, they haven't had a chance to go through again. You know, who knows? Maybe I'm flagged. Patty, is that possible? It's why, not why would possible anybody you, flag me? David Carroll, you have something to say. Yeah, I I think it shows that Elon Musk, by firing half the Twitter employees, he hasn't fired enough of them. <laughs> He's got to fire a lot more and do a lot of rehiring because this makes no sense. It didn't make any sense before, but it makes even less sense now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I saw another story in today's paper where Elon Musk put out a tweet and it said to Android owners, we understand that Twitter is slow on the Android phones. We are now working on it. Well, one of the technicians inside of Twitter that works on this Android process put a public tweet up and saying, Elon Musk is wrong. <laughs> I know one of his own employees. One of his own wow. tweet up. <laughs> and then Elon Genius. Musk put up a tweet and said, you are fired. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> and no free lunch today. Yeah. 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 And no then, good. then the employee put up a tweet with a picture of his computer all locked out. You know, just really big bolt, like, you know, the cylinder lock things. It was on his computer at the Twitter thing, meaning you're now locked out. And he goes, I guess I'm out of here. Goodbye. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know, it reminded me, and I was telling Michael as well earlier today that um, Elon Musk, uh, what's uh, SpaceX program? Right. Yeah, and a couple months ago, about a hundred or so employees put together a public letter criticizing Elon Musk yeah, and yeah. saying that, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's basically losing his mind with all the stuff he's saying and that he's hurting the SpaceX program. And then <laughs> a week later, all those employees were fired. They were all fired. And you never heard another employee come out of that, that uh, program criticize Elon Musk. And I'm wondering, what did this Twitter guy think was going to happen to him? Yeah. I mean, doesn't he follow you know, what's going on in the news? Does, didn't he know that he would get fired by publicly criticizing this boss? Barely I mean, not. It, it's embarrassing to me that uh, people even think that this is the way the business works nowadays, that you could just come out and say whatever you want to about the owner or about your boss, and you're going to be fine. You're protected. Nobody's going to fire you. Well, that would be free speech, though, wouldn't it? It would be free speech. <laughs> uh, Dangerously <yeah>. free. <laughs> well, uh, when you actually have to work for a living, you better keep your job so you can have that free speech. But do it, do it on your free time. Well, the final thing I want to bring up about this: it seems to me that big corporations out there are now trying to control the narrative of America, mm -hmm. and they have the billions of dollars to be able to do it. I mean, not so long ago, maybe twenty years ago, we would see different states out there say. Well, that state over there passed a law we didn't like. It's conservative. So we're going to make sure that none of our employees are allowed to travel to that state. Everybody remember? They still do that to this day. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, I remember that. Right? You know, we don't like what you just did. So our employees, well, it happened in the Florida Ca Cal case. California yes. won't let, let their uh, state employees go to uh, Florida. Go if to I'm Florida, not right? <laughs> yeah. And then it escalated from there to... You know, rock stars saying, well, we're not going to perform in this state because, you know, they have a law there that they won't pass that would allow anybody to use whatever bathroom that they want. And that was a big thing in North Carolina. Right. All and these rock stars saying, oh, we're never going to perform in North Carolina again. And so we're boycotting that state. Right. And didn't, um, didn't uh, MLB uh, yeah. bo boycott yeah. Georgia? Right. Georgia. Then, yeah, it, yeah. then it escalates up from there. You got Major League Baseball saying we're not going to uh, have the All-Star game in Atlanta because we think the election laws that that state just passed is bad for you know the voters. Did everything they could to influence that state and punish that state for doing it. Punished a lot of other people too, by the way, not just, you know— uh, Major League Baseball and, and Atlanta, all those employees there. The, the, yeah, the vendors, The everything. vendors, the hotels, everybody that was gearing up for that All-Star game. And then you ended up with Disney coming out and saying, well, you know, we're not going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z in Florida anymore because they're going to, you know, pass this particular bill. We're going to shut down these amusement constructions that we have going on, and we're going to punish you for this bill. Then it escalates from there. Now you got all the big corporations saying, oh, let's join arms, you know, Ford, General Motors, General Mills, you know, the Chipotle Mexican grill of all things right. is getting onto the bandwagon and saying, we want to control the narrative of America and what you say, what you do, what laws you pass. Is there any hope anymore for the little man out there, the little guy that goes out and votes? And that's all he has. That's the only power he really has in America. Is to go vote. Or, but or does he? Does he really right. have that power anymore? Yeah, well, it's severely diminished ever since COVID happened. I mean, just the laws that they've enacted made that, that vote that you have basically worth nothing. Well, fortunately, guys, we saw it here in our state, in, in Lynchburg, Virginia, right? We saw another conservative school board member in our county we saw us take over city council first time in 20 years mm -hmm. in Lynchburg. Our congressman Good got back in, Ben Klein, you know, others. So voting works as, as long as it's legit, you know. So it, it shouldn't deter us, I don't think, from voting. Obviously, there is rigging going out there. We see that. There's some, some big uh, elections out there where, where there's a lot of tomfoolery. But I, I don't want to discourage our listeners and our viewers from voting. Our vote, we, we got to vote. We got to vote. Yeah, right. I'm not saying that yeah. vote. I think we should vote. I'm just saying that seems to be what their goal is, though. They want to undo your vote. I mean, Walt Disney is in California trying to influence the legislation that's passed in Florida, right? 
And uh, Major League Baseball is not located in Atlanta, trying to influence what people want to do in that city. Right, and the whole economy. Mm -hmm. Right, the whole economy. So they're trying to use their billions of dollars to basically shut you down. And the only thing that we have left on our you know, plate is to be able to go out and vote or boycott these different companies and try to punish them with our small dollars that we can and not purchase what they are trying to get us to buy. But you can only boycott so much when every big corporation out there is behind this woke agenda, right? So I think it's something we have to watch and see how big it gets. But to me, it's already too big and it's already pretty scary. So Gettysburg College, we're going to move over to that one. Gettysburg College had scheduled a painting and writing event for November 12th for people who are tired of white cis men. They're just tired of them. <laughs> <laughs> can't so, stand them. So, Marty, a couple months ago, I remember we defined that, right? Cisgender. What was that? Uh, heterosexual males? Yes. Is uh, that what we're talking about? Just so we know. Yeah, yeah heterosexual somebody... males. Cis right. is heterosexual male. And don't, don't forget the whiteness, well, it's, too. It's hetero, heterosexual anybody. Well, David would upset you because you are a white cis man, according to them. So you take it personally. Well, absolutely. The, the word is made up as an insult. It was originally intended by the LGBTQ, LSMFT community as an insult against heterosexuals. And I it, it upsets me that it has been adopted somehow by, by what's wrong with heterosexual? It tells the story. You don't need another insulting word to be used, but that's what it is. And this whole thing at Gettysburg College, it was a hate fest, a hate fest against white mm. males. Why is it okay to generate hate against any particular sex or particular race. It's very wrong. I'm, and I'm glad it got canceled, but they're just going to find another way to well, do it. Actually, the left loves their hate fest. Mm-hmm. They didn't cancel it. They postponed it. They paused it. <laughs> they, they paused they, it. They paused it. <laughs> right. So yeah. we don't know what's going to happen down the line. They were actually going to have these uh, kids come out there and do a painting or a writing event about uh, why they're tired of these white cis men. And then they were going to take those writings and those paintings, and they were going to post those works in the campus mess hall for everybody else to see why they are tired of the white cis men. Now, this event was uh, being hosted by the Gender, Sexuality, and Resource Center. It seems to me that whenever we hear this weird stuff, it always goes back creepily to this gender sexuality type nonsense out there, right? That they're behind all of this. It's not just sex that they're worried about. They're worried about your race too. But that's not what they say. Here is the mission of the group. I just find this hilarious. We strive to establish a culture of support on campus. Okay. For every person to feel safe and empowered to be their authentic selves. So... <laughs> as long as I you know where you're going. Yeah. As long as it's what understand. we tell you. Yeah. They want you to be your authentic self. They want to empower you to be your authentic self. But they also want to tell you we're tired of the white cis men. You know, this reminds Crazy. me of something I just read. The um the Lion King in New York. Did anybody hear about this? Yes. They just fired the white uh, the, na- the white narrator because he uh, was white uh sign interpreter okay right because it was white and uh, he's suing but this is just insanity really to pick something immutable like your race your your gender and um just ostracize you yeah because they're discriminating not just on your race here they're discriminating against your gender as well that's yeah. what they're saying yeah. and, and, and they everything f- and they function with no logic right before you talked about there was a group, uh, transgender equality. Well, what about equality for other groups outside of transgender? Same thing with this, authentic selves. Well, right. what if I'm what white? If you're authentically cis, white and cisgender, cisgender and a male, and that's my authentic self. Is that, that not count. good enough for you? No, that doesn't fall into your narrative. Look, the reason why he was fired was because he was white doing sign language for black people, right? <laughs> I, I think it's predominantly a 
uh, a black cat. <laughs> Still, so that's yeah. You can't have <laughs> a white what? person do yeah. sign language for a black person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny. You think I'm making it up, but that's exactly why he got fired. So, so he doesn't have like an accent on his sign language to to represent uh, the right race that he's sign language. I don't. Know, I, don't know. I, I don't want to go too deep into that because it opens the door for all kinds of you know crazy conversation here, David. Yeah, it's all about race hatred. <laughs> You're you you can't be empowered unless you hate white people and hate normal sexual no. men. I mean, <laughs> why is how is, is race really outraged over this? Inappropriate. Don't, don't bang on the desk, David. <laughs> he was calm. How is gender hatred ever appropriate? He was calm through uh, through Twitter until you mentioned white cis men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if this exhibit was called "Tired of Black Trans Men," I mean, it would never happen, right? Okay. And if they tried to make it happen. It still wouldn't happen. You wouldn't have to worry about it being postponed because Antifa would be there, Black Lives Matter would be there, and they would make sure that this event never took place. There would place. be arrests, boycotts, oh, fires yeah. in the streets. Nancy Pelosi would be there. But of course, they Biden say would show up. on the left, they say that you cannot, if you are opposed to whiteness, you that's not racism because whites have had all the power. I mean, this is their argument. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous, but that's what they say. So yesterday, uh, now this people watching or listening to this, this will be a week from you know, uh, our yesterday. But yesterday, uh, Kelly J. Keens, Kelly J. Jeans, she was having a, I guess a symposium out there in Washington D.C. called "Let Women Speak," and uh, excuse me, it was in New York City. Again? Uh, yes, but Antifa showed up, and they shut the event down. And not only did they shut it down, but it was so dangerous that Kelly J. Keene couldn't even get to the platform to deliver her speech. Uh, Keene herself was prevented from attending by police. The police wouldn't let her up there, who said they wouldn't risk their men to get her to the front of the crowd. So... The police even caves in to these Antifa-type people. And the event was called Let Women Speak? Let Women Speak. So what I'm saying is that, you know, you would never have an event called Tired of the Black Trans Man. You didn't have to worry about it ever being postponed or canceled because the left is there to make sure that even if it does take place, scheduled, you're not going to hold the event. Maybe they were white cis women, and that's why they wanted them out of there. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Do we know what the women were speaking about? No, I don't. I, I well, who would know, right? Because they didn't. Yeah, they never spoke. They never spoke. <laughs> so <laughs> the article didn't tell us or tell me. So not to be outdone mm-hmm. by Gettysburg College at the University of Chicago, uh, they have announced that this coming winter semester, they are going to offer a class titled The Problem of Whiteness. So you got, you know, the tired of the cisgender man, white cisgender man, and now you got the problem of whiteness. David, give us a bang on your desk. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Well, you know what? Now I think I actually agree with the left. There is a lot of racism in America. Yeah, there are. There is, right? It's a huge problem. The course description says the saturation of white people has had wide ranging effects, coloring. How do you color (laughs) it? Coloring everything from the consolidation of wealth, power and property to the distribution of environment, environmental health hazards. I'm not even sure what that. What did he mean that by mean? that? That's I have crazy no idea. Talk. I don't know, but I'm up <laughs> probably global, by the word of saturation, global warming, and all that garbage. But yeah, Marty, you're so right that University of Chicago definitely one up Gettysburg College. I mean, we're talking about okay, an event, but now we're talking about an actual class, right? This is in the curriculum of the University of Chicago, saying we're going to actually have a class. We're going to have a forum where we're going to call it the problem of whiteness. It, you can it's actually just, get it's it. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you can it's actually not, fail it. It is not true at all. That is not all, consol- you know, wealth is not consolidated with white people. In this country, 
you know, minorities have all of the opportunities that we have. I truly believe that. I think we have just come a long way from the civil rights movement. And this is just a big lie, and it is keeping minority people just kind of simmering in that anger and that hatred and that, you know, poor me and I'm entitled. I think it's a terrible thing to do to the minority groups in this country. And Patty, it's not even just the minorities. I'm sure there's going to be some young white kids who go in that class and say, I'm a racist, my family's racist. And what happens is you have these liberals who come in here, you know, they're all liberal professors there, obviously, in that school, but they're creating disciples, just like us in the church. We're called to make disciples of the nation. So we see Christ is our teacher, and now these teachers come in who are anti-biblical, anti-God, and they say, we're going to create disciples, and we're going to seek to mm-hmm. you know, bring in more and more people. We're going to have a multiplication process, and now when these kids go get jobs, they're thinking whites are, are horrible, we're racist, and we don't want to get, you know, now when they get promoted to a supervisor or manager, I don't want to hire a white person. Absolutely. And it, and it will all collapse. We can see that that's coming, or that's probably the goal. Our society will, will collapse under the weight of this, you know, anger and hatred toward any group um and again perhaps that is the whole goal of all this well i would argue that the consolidation of wealth actually is happening with a mouse right mickey mouse they've been consolidating wealth quite quite a while there's no one having you know the problem with mickey mouse classes for consolidating wealth i mean how much environmental destruction has disney done over the years you know, mm-hmm. why don't they go after these big corporations? Why are they just picking on white people? The problem of whiteness. Right? Exactly. Well, the uh, corporations then got on the bandwagon. <laughs> you know, they're boycotting Twitter. Yeah. They don't, they don't go after big tech, big pharma. It's white people. Sort of like they say, it's a virtual signaling, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to say all this stuff. They don't mean it. They're just going to say it so you don't come after them. Um. So you don't make them a target. They don't want to be next in line. They hope you'll just move along to the next like victim. All these actors and actresses that take these jets to all over the place, from ski resorts to, you know, uh, global climate change conferences. <laughs> right. You know, they, they, they don't, don't really they mean don't it. They don't believe it. Obviously, they don't <laughs> believe it, but they're going to say it so that they're not a target. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if Obama believed in anything he said about the climate change, he sure as heck wouldn't have his house where it is right now. I mean, he, he'd be one of the first places to go, his house and uh, Martha's, Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. got a really low floor. Like, it's, it's, it's really low. It's like at sea level. So if the ice starts to melt, He's going to be one of those first places to go, but no, he spent millions and millions of it's dollars. It's melting on. very rapidly. Haven't you read that? <laughs> yeah. It's an environmental hazard, Michael. <laughs> it is. And, you know, it's the same thing with these politicians. They have their bodyguards, but they're crying, defund the police. And, Marty, let me just yeah. say this. Just in case we run out of topics, I say that you sign up for online classes at oh, University yes. of Chicago. Take this class, Problem of Whiteness. Mm-hmm. We'll have plenty of topics to talk about. There you go. Absolutely. But I think I know the problem of whiteness. But before I move into that, I do want to point out that this class is being taught by two white female professors. Of course. You know, <laughs> you can have a, you know, someone that's <laughs> not white that's teaching true. the problem of whiteness. You got to have someone that, you know, has lived the experience right. of this wealth and power and, and distribution of environmental health hazards get in front of you and tell you, wow, how bad we are, you know, because, you know, it's a bigger zing if it's coming from them. But I think the real problem of whiteness is this, that white people are too scared, they're too easily intimidated, and that they're just too lazy to stop these racist campaigns from being directed at them because you don't hear from them. They're not organized. I mean, Martin Luther King marched on Washington, D.C. to give his, you know, uh, I have a dream speech to protect black people from racism. Mm -hmm. What would happen if white people marched on Washington, D.C. to protect the racism coming against them? You know what would happen? It would be called a white supremacist march. Oh, yeah. A white nationalist march. A neo-Nazi march. So we're too scared to do anything. Well, when you say Because we don't want to be called names. That reminds me of... 2020, the riots, the BLM riots, 
And I remember seeing some of those rioters forcing white people to their knees. They were terrified young people, forcing them to their knees to apologize for whatever it is the whites did. So (laughs) they are scared. I mean, when you... When you've got a brick hanging over your head, that's pretty scary. Well, you had the FBI agents out there, you know, the police kneeling. officers, yeah, were police officers, yes. but yeah. it's actually FBI agents got some type of award. I wish I would have brought it up in one of the podcasts when I came across the article, and some of the other FBI agents were outraged that they were being commended for kneeling down in front of the Black Lives Matter people. Yep. You know, so there is a lot <laughs> of fear. I, like, I really agree. with You that. own us now, by the way. You own us. That kind of leads us to the next topic. But I do want to say this. But if I was teaching the class of the problem of whiteness, I would go after that. You need to have some courage out there. And there's a great quote from Pope Leo the Thirteenth, who was the Pope from 795 to 816. He said this, Nothing emboldens the wicked so greatly as the lack of courage on the part of the good. Our lack of courage and doing anything about this is emboldening them to continue on. So we got to get some courage out there and make our voices heard. If you're white or even if you're black and feel that this is a racist attempt to denigrate white people, which indeed it is. Well, so. it's, it's more to solidify the fact that none of us are the same. And that's what they're trying to do is to say, no race, no ethnicity, no country of origin is the same as each other. We should always be battling each other and blaming something on one another. I mean, that's what they want, and that's what keeps them empowered, right? Fight amongst yourselves, and you won't be able to hold me accountable. That's right. what they do. Congressman Jim Jordan, he's out your way, right, David, in Ohio? Yep. Well, he's uh, promised that if the House— becomes Republican-controlled. And again, by next week when people are listening and watching this, they'll know. But as Maybe. of tonight, we're at 217. We need one more. I was hoping for that one extra one so I wouldn't have to introduce that problem into this podcast. But we are one short, so who knows. Uh, he has vowed that if the Republicans control the House, they promise to investigate the politicization of the Justice Department. Congressman Jordan says this, by far the most important is the Justice Department that is now political. You cannot have a political Justice Department and a free society, a free country. He says he has 14 FBI agents that have come to the House Judiciary Committee asking for whistleblower status. And he told Fox News there's even a purging some of these guys have said they're trying to get rid of folks in the FBI that have conservative beliefs. But, you know, I think it probably if they do this investigation, they're going to find that that's true. Right. I don't think there's any question about that. There's this purging at the FBI. But I think there's also a silent purging going on in the FBI. That is who they are hiring now. Yeah. They're getting rid of the conservatives that are there. But what is the hiring practice? And I hope Congressman Jordan finds out what is the hiring practice of the FBI for FBI cadets. Well, I got a question for you. What do you think they're going to do when they find out that the, what we're saying is true? Anybody going to be held accountable? Are they going to do anything? I was asked that on a radio station today about another matter of, uh, involving um, the Department of of Homeland Security and the FBI, you know, well, even if they find out that these people are committing criminal acts by gathering the social media records of citizens out there and storing them, which they're they're not legally allowed to do and sending them off to Facebook and Twitter, which is something also they're not allowed legally to do under the 1974 privacy act. If they do find all this out, what are they going to do about it? What can they do about it? Is there anything they can do about it? And that is a very good question. I I don't know. David, what's your thought on that? Uh, It's the old deep state problem. I mean, you can have a law, you can enact a law, but enforcing the law and get everyone to follow it, that's another story altogether. The Biden administration has decided they don't have to follow laws, and they've lost many times in in the various courts. 
the uh, the student loan debacle where the courts have said you can't do that and Biden saying, well, you know, trying to twist some old law that applies only to military to do it to to, to uh, forgive the debt of, of students. The Biden administration and the left, they don't care about what the law actually is in terms of trying to follow it. It's a totally unprincipled approach. We need to get what we want and we're just going to make up the laws as we go along in order to do it. Completely unprincipled. So having a law is one thing, but having it followed is something altogether different. And remember, yeah. these are the people that campaigned on the death of democracy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I've been reading about these elections and uh, a lot of the pundits out there on the conservative, conservative sides have said that the two biggest thing that helped the Democrats this election was Biden letting marijuana convicts out of prison and two, offering student loan debt forgiveness. That that really motivated these young people to come out in an otherwise, an off-year, well, it's an off-year election, but an otherwise an election that a lot of young people never come out and vote. Oh, but yeah. hey, an abortion, I, would I want my marijuana, right. and I want to make sure that if I'm convicted of distributing it, I'm not going to go to jail. And I get to now have more money in my pocket to buy more marijuana because I don't have to pay back my student debt. So, yes, I want to make sure that this administration stays in power. So Biden basically bought these votes, which is no surprise. And I guess every president tries to do something like that to get people who support him out to the polls. But this was absolutely way over the top. I mean, you're letting criminals out of jail to get the vote. And yeah. the student loan, uh, they, I mean, that, I think two federal judges have right. uh, struck that down. So that's not going through, but it didn't matter. He promised it before the election, and they thought they were going to get that. Yeah, and Biden's basically talking to college graduates to come out and vote. But on the other hand, he's also admitting, you're too stupid to know that what I just promised you is never going to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. they were smoking pot. Because they were right? smoking pot. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was watching... Uh, Tim cast and uh, he 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 basically said and I kind of agree with him until Republicans start playing the same ga game that the Democrats are playing that we aren't going to win elections until then so just come out and start promising you know twenty thousand dollar student loan debt forgiveness it doesn't matter if they get it or not you just want them to vote for you and that's what the Democrats are doing so how do you how do you how do you compete with that when the people who are voting just won't pay enough attention to realize that they're just lying to them. Yeah, and sadly, you know, we have so many Republicans who you can't really tell a difference between a Republican or a Democrat. But that's why I'm so grateful for guys like Jim Jordan. You know, every interview you see him on, every time you see him speak there in the House, you just see a man, you know, a firecracker, you know, a man of conviction. So I'm grateful for, for people like Jim Jordan and the like who say, you know, I'm not going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm not going to be a rhino. I'm going to speak my convictions, my beliefs, and let's let the chips fall where they may. Well, I'm now moving on to our Taking a Stand segment, which I introduced in our last podcast. And I hope people out there are finding this interesting and getting excited about it because I really like doing it. And it's basically a way to bring attention to Americans out there that are taking a stand. Uh, they're risking their money, they're risking their job, and in some cases, even worse than that, in order to take a stand on American principles that we all cherish. So I want to start off with this bit of good news, and that during the 2022 elections that happened just a couple of weeks ago, conservatives have flipped at least nine school boards in at least six states. That would be hey. Michigan, nice. Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina, New Jersey and Florida, giving them not, you know, just an extra vote, but giving them conservative majorities. Yeah. And that's where it all boards. starts. And look at that Michigan, New Jersey. That's big. <laughs> that yeah. has the left just just furious. I heard uh, Eric Swalwell, you know, he's that jackass from California. Um, he said that putting parents in charge of their kids' education was like putting patients in charge of their own surgery. I mean, they, <laughs> they hate the whole idea of this. 
That is so ridiculous. As, what as a if teaching children how to have gay sex is like brain surgery. So that's well, the attitude, though. Well, I'm I'm ha- I'm very happy by this news. I mean, because like I said, this is where it all starts. I mean, we wouldn't be in the situation now if we had been paying attention to the school boards and the, from the beginning. Uh, what people are taught when they're grown up or growing up and uh, through those ages is what, who they become later in life. And I think that winning these seats are the most important for the longevity of America. And let me take that a step further. And I've said this so many times. I haven't said it in a while, so I'll say it right now. You know, a big problem that we see and, and one of the issues why we're in this mess, like Michael said, is because the church has lacked involvement in, in politics, right? And, um, man, I'll tell you what, over a year and a half ago, a woman in a, an adjoining county to us reached out to my wife and said, hey, I know you and your husband and some church members are going to a local school board member. I'm going to reach out to some churches. She reaches out to 20 different churches. Half of them off the bat says, we won't go. We don't attend school board meetings because we don't want to get involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, and I do want to, you know, clarify this because I hear it everywhere. Everybody says the church is becoming involved in politics. And it really isn't that way. It's the left has become involved in church issues, making it now political. These issues that we're talking about aren't really political issues. They're biblical issues. And they're moral issues. And they're moral Mm -hmm. issues. They're They're not not political issues. Standing up for your child and the education of your child is not a political issue. No, not at all. By any means. No. So for half of this church to come out and say we're not going to turn attend school board meetings because we shouldn't be involved in politics is utterly nonsense. Read the daggone Bible. It's a biblical issue to raise your children in the way of the Lord. When did that become political? Anyway, it frustrates me to know, and I might start banging on the table with David. <laughs> <laughs> so... Number two, our second one, I'm taking a stand. A Pennsylvania mom was allowed by a court to bring a lawsuit against Jefferson Elementary School in Pennsylvania over a teacher instructing kids about gender transitioning. Go mom, yeah. All right, teacher Megan Williams, the lawsuit says, explained to her students that sometimes parents are wrong and parents and doctors make mistakes when they bring a child home from the hospital. Well, you can parse that sentence. I wish Alec Rooney, you know, our news editor, was here because it's such a horribly written you know, thing for a teacher to say that a parent is simply wrong for bringing their child home from the hospital, and it's not what they mean, but that's what it says in here. You made a mistake. You brought your child home from the hospital. But what they're trying to say is that you made a mistake in the gender that that baby was assigned before... You bring the child home from the hospital. And I use their word as signed. I hate it because it's nonsense. It's not biological. It's just a made-up fiction in their brain. And uh, But nevertheless, these parents did not like their children being told this, that, hey, you made a mistake, maybe, in bringing me home from the hospital with this assigned gender you gave me because my teacher said so. And they have taken money out of their own pocket to school, sue the school district. And um, the judge said, the senior U.S. District Judge Joy Flowers Conti said on October 27 that the parents have sufficient reason to allege their constitutional rights were violated if their claim is true. So, hmm. you know, obviously, you know, they're going to have to prove the teacher actually made this statement. But if it is a true statement that this teacher made, it is a constitutional violation. I thought that was interesting. David, what do you think? Is it that really a constitutional violation for a teacher to say that? Or is the judge going a little bit overboard on that? No, no, no. I, I, think, it, I think it is. The right of the parents to direct their children's education has been held in some cases to be a constitutional right. Part of the right of privacy. Um, and I think that I think the judge made the right decision that it is very a constitutional. Good. All right. So my third taking your stand individual is a business owner in Pasadena, Texas. He hung up a large banner on his property that reads now hiring 
non-stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) So Walter Parsons is the owner of Pets Gone Wild Resort. And he told the local KHOU11 TV station, we're trying to weed out the people that do come in. We hired one last week that lasted three days. He complains that the uh, people he has been hiring spends all their time on their cell phones rather than actually looking after the pets that they're supposed to be caring for. He got a lot of community backlash, but within 24 hours, he had three qualified employees now working at his pet store. So all turned out well for him and not so much for the community who thought that maybe he should be hiring stupid people. (laughs) I know. How do you even have a backlash against that? What are they? Oh, it's it's so offensive to hear you say you want to hire somebody who isn't stupid. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of, you know, pathetic that I have to tell all of you people that I want to hire somebody who's capable of doing the job. Well, it might but be it offensive seems like to stupid people. I think that's it. Although if you're <laughs> stupid, you might not be offended know enough to be offended. Well, we better be careful because they'll probably amend the 1964 Civil Rights Act. To, to include, include stupid people. Stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing: if you are, if you are a no, no, stupidity oh, may be a disability. Go. Yep. Stupidity may be a disability yeah. under the Americans yeah. with Disabilities Act. And, Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I think some the of the these people yet. are still getting a paycheck from the government because of their stupidity. But yeah. Yeah. But my question is: is that if you wanted to apply there, you see that sign? And you, 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 you know, are you going to determine that I'm not a non-stupid person? So that's going to hinder me or deter me from applying. It kind, it seems like the his his plan worked, right? He yeah. got three non-stupid people, but right. it just makes you think: Am I not going to apply because I'm I'm not non-stupid? <laughs> All the people there, or am like, I too I stupid to not know? You have to be stupid not to know the difference. Yeah, I'm not going to apply for this job. I'm already unqualified. <laughs> All right, in Michigan. Residents voted to defund their only public library once again. So their only their only public library. All right, during the 2022 elections, residents of Western Missouri town once again voted to defund their only public library over their refusal to remove explicit LGBTQ LMFT. Is that how I say it, David? XYZ XYZ books. And that was 56% of the voters in the Jamestown Township said no more tax dollars to key Patmos Library. So anyway, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting that once again they decided to hold their ground as well. Now, after it got defunded in August, some residents in the community decided to do a GoFundMe campaign to beef up the public library and keep it around. And apparently, according to news reports, I have a hard time believing this, they raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't believe that's true. But anyway, that's what the news reports are saying. So this library gets hundreds of thousands of dollars from local communities to keep that library going. But nevertheless, they say we're out of money and we're going to have to (laughs) we're going to have to cut back operations and we're going to have to cut staff. <laughs> so it makes you wonder what mm. what the heck is in yeah. that little library yeah. that would cost that so much money. Yeah. Well, so now if all they get more money, it just becomes a private library, which will be fine. They can put any books in there that they want, and taxpayers won't be funding it. Well, that's what gave me the idea when I came across this story. That why doesn't Elon Musk do the same thing? He should just put it out there, keep Twitter alive. They'll promote your tweet and give me money. You like me. You like what we're doing. We're for free speech. We're for the patriot out there. Actually, you know what was interesting? After my ad was rejected on Twitter today, I decided, well, I'm going to put a tweet up on Elon Musk's own Twitter page, right? And the thing he had up there was, you know, stay free, stay patriot. Mm. And I thought, wait a second. (laughs) How come he can say it? And I can't say it. Right? right? There's, there's hypocrisy then it, there then in the it community Then it was not standards. the word patriot. It had to be something else. It can't be, right? I don't know. Uh, hopefully he'll you know, eventually read it. And that would be nice for our, our next podcast, right? I get to come back on the show and say, hey, 
Elon Musk responded to our Twitter post about our ad being rejected. Here's what he had to say. Right. But, you know, when you look through that Twitter feed after he said it, it was like thousands of thousands of comments. Yeah. So I doubt if he'll ever see it, but you never know. Yeah, but it's like, I'm Elon, I'm trying. I'm trying to be free. I'm trying to be a patriot. Yeah. Help me out here, buddy. Well, it sounds to me like his strategy right now is to try and keep the big money coming in from, like, you know, the people that are boycotting him right now. That's the reason why he hasn't brought, like, Alex Jones back. Yeah, that and... um. Man, what is that, what is that uh, investigative reporter? The one with the Biden Journal. Uh, James O'Keefe. Yeah, James Project O'Keefe. Project Veritas. Yeah, Pro- Project Veritas. They haven't been restored yet, and it seems like he was putting all this off to uh, maintain some of the funding that he had before, and it's not working. And now that he hasn't brought those people back yet, it's it's kind of curious as to whether he deserves the praise that he's getting or not. Well, that was my point about big corporations controlling Americans, right? Right. If they can control Elon Musk, who's the wealthiest man in the United States, perhaps the world, I don't know what those figures are. No, he is. Right? If they they can control him, what chance do you have with these big corporations? Because it looks to me a little bit like Elon's a bit nervous about offending these advertisers by allowing these other people to come back on the platform and approve ads like ours that speak about patriotism. Um, But look, I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment. He's a very busy man. He runs all these different corporations. Very successful ones. Yeah, and he even complains about, you know, how overworked he is. And I understand it. But you know what's really puzzling to me? He does say that he's overworked and he's tired, but he still finds time to go through the Twitter feed to see what people are saying about him. I don't know how you do that. Right? Does he ever sleep? No. He doesn't even have a house. I know. He's got this he owns box. no home. He lives with friends. Gosh, I didn't know that. That's odd. Yeah. That well, is he's odd. an odd guy. He's definitely it, an odd he guy. Is. He's an oddball. <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap for us today at Shout Out Patriots. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, please share it. Please leave a comment. Please like it. And uh, we will see you again next week. But let me remind you one more time, because I really want to see those shares pick up. Share this program with your friends and family. Thank you very much. And see you again next week. Bye-bye.